PKN, episode 205. Kyle was just starting to drop truth bombs on us, and we thought we'd share it with you. Yeah, we were talking about Russia and, <clears throat> and geopolitical issues, because that's what we do in our spare time. We're very worldly here. We don't uh, play it, Total War Warhammer 2 all night. We talk no. about geopolitics. <laughs> it's, it's not just cum shots and, and anal farts. Oh. We, we talk about the big issues when mm. we're in private. And uh, so I've been watching this thing on Netflix uh, from Oliver Stone. Let me make sure I get the name right. I think it's The Untold History of uh, the U.S. Let me make sure that's right. Yeah, The Untold History of the United States by Oliver Stone. And I, I want to say it begins rough, like before World War I. It's, 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 it's a little out of order the way it's put on there. It seems like the last two episodes should be the first two episodes. So bear that in mind when you're watching. Like, scroll through and so watch it. the last it, like, two episodes are even older than the first two? Um, well, there's like... Like they preceded? I'm going I'm to say there's ten episodes of this, of this thing. And the, like the ninth and tenth episode should have been the first and second because they're like World War One and just before World War Two, And the first episode is like World War One, And it's like... it's a, so, so just... I watched it a little out of order, but that that's that's that doesn't matter here. Just if you're going to watch it, just keep that in mind. Watch the last two first. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's it's the untold history of the United States, and it's a lot of stuff that like I don't know wasn't in my schooling or history books or even on the History Channel. Um, one of the things was the invasion of Japan, um, the mainland Japan, and the dropping of the two nuclear weapons. They go really nitty gritty into the politics of the time and where all of the world leaders were in their opinions and what they were going to do next. And he basically makes a very strong case that we didn't need to drop those bombs at all. The, the thing was, we were already firebombing the Japanese cities to such an effect that they were destroyed even more so than the nuclear weapons would do. Like, we were firebombing can, can every... Can for one second? Yeah. Did the U.S. invade mainland Japan? I'm, no. I'm, I don't, no. Oh, okay. I, but there was the a planned invasion okay. of, of mainland Japan, which, and the estimates for casualties literally ranged from 36,000 to 1 million U.S. casualties. They're like, hey, we don't know. It could get rough, because they're training the civilian population, yeah. literally giving them spears, and the emperor there is is uh, seen as a god. It the, and like 30 Japanese were holding off like hundreds of Americans in like little <laughs> islands all over the place. Like, so if they had mainland Japan, they could have held out forever, ostensibly. Yeah, and for reasons I don't fully understand, I, I, I guess like, it'd be lots of beach storming. And it was just ground that they would hold very well, I'm told. Yeah. So, um, but, so, so they, they make the case that they were going to hold out forever and we had to drop these bombs to like shock and awe the emperor into surrendering. But in reality, the right. issue that... The things that were actually happening were the Russians were ev- about to enter the war with Japan in a, like a month or two. Stalin was going to be invading from the north with millions of men. You know, the, the Russians had lo- on, on lo- whose side? Invading Japan. Our side. Our side. They were oh, going to be invading. The, I, the way you said it, I think it could have been interpreted both ways. Uh, so, they were well, about to pull in Italy, is what Woody thought. Where they're like, yeah. oh, actually, no, other team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every war, Italy does that. <laughs> so what was going on like right before the bombs dropped was that the Japanese were already reaching out to the Russians to, to look for uh, a peace. They were like, we, they wanted to surrender. The only, thing, the only caveat is they wanted to keep their emperor. Meanwhile, Truman is saying, unconditional surrender. We want that emperor. So that, that's really the sticking point. Um, the Potsdam uh, meeting was about to take place. This, this is a meeting between Truman the uh, Stalin of the Russians, and perhaps Churchill as well. And they were going to, I believe they were like cutting up Europe, basically, deciding who would get Greece, who would get, um, um, you know, Lithuania or Turkmenistan or whatever the fuck. They were cutting everything up into pieces. And Truman made sure that the nuclear bomb had been tested just before that meeting so he could go in and have that in his back pocket. And he could tell Stalin, like, ah, we have an atomic weapon now, and explain that to him. Of course, Stalin had spies on the inside. So he right after the meeting, he's like telling his spies, like, well, what the fuck? I should have known before Truman. You should have gotten oh, a me- nuclear device. <laughs> wow, Truman, exactly. how do you do it? Like, <laughs> like he's we already like, did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's already like right there on it. So, but the Russians are about to invade from, uh, from the, the Chinese uh, um, side of things and come right down through Japan. Like that's, that's imminent. Mm-hmm. The Americans tell the Russians to hold off on signing the Potsdam Agreement because they want to leave some hope in the mind of the Japanese that the Russians won't get involved because they want to make sure they get to drop these bombs. They want to drop the bombs so that they can scare Russia, basically, and then they can show the world what they have. Um, they drop that the makes bombs. a lot of sense. The Japanese are like, meh, 
you've been destroying our cities for weeks now. Like, like, like this is just two more of them. I mean, whether you use two bombs or 20,000 bombs, it, it doesn't really matter to us. You know, it's, it's not as, it's not any more yeah, scary. Still destroyed. They're still gone. And if you look at the pictures of like Hiroshima compared to like one of the other cities that we had firebombed, same thing. It's just a big flat surface with nothing remaining, you know, like, like it does the same shit. Um, so, so yeah, we absolutely didn't need to evade. They were ready to surrender. And of course, after we drop the nukes and the Russians are about to come down, they surrender and they say, uh, and of course, and we let them keep the emperor anyway. He stays, he stays there. So it was, it was all just a big he show. He was more to, like puppet yeah, at that I, point though. I wonder, right? I, I, I just wonder, right? Like we can't know what would have happened without living in that alternative universe where it happened. Maybe dropping those bombs did help us tremendously in the Cold War. Maybe dropping those bombs got us a better deal with Japan, who was ready oh, to surrender before, but enthusiastically surrendering now. I bet it definitely Maybe. helped with the Cold War, at see, the that's very what, least, showing see, like, that, that's hey, where this the, is the real deal. Like, the, don't the Cold fuck with War us. is covered extensively. So mm -hmm. you, you start realizing that we're as much of a bad guy in that whole Cold War thing as anyone. We're, we're breaking agreements. We're installing puppet governments in place like Yeah, Greece. remember when the U.S. systematically starved tens of millions of people? Um, we didn't starve tens of millions of people, who bro. Who are you talking uh, about? He's the talking Soviet. about Stalin. Oh, oh, he's being facetious. I'm like, who did yeah. we start? Yeah, I... No, no, yeah. <laughs> remember we just cut off Texas? Like, no more for you! No. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's... The more like, that old saying of like history is written by the victors is so true once you start looking into history more where it's like you have to wonder shit like, you know, 500 years ago, how much of that shit and those battles actually panned out the way we learn now? Like pro probably not that close at all. Like a lot of kings just writing it up like, oh, this is dope. This is sick. And then it's just now <laughs> getting to the point with social media that like they won't be able to do this shit anymore, barring some sort of like mass enforcement of of shutting down speech like because yeah. people are like you know some dude with his cell phone can be like hey you know i just filmed uh an israeli or a palestinian getting shot you can't hide it uh something i you know how they always present churchill like i was looking up stuff about churchill in world war ii uh recently because it, it's just interesting and they always present him as like man this like genius mastermind who would just get wasted and then come up with brilliant plans to beat uh, Germany, and it's like yeah, that's the more feasible. you learn about him, yeah, the more you learn about him, you're like, holy shit, this was not the case at all. This guy was making dangerous and bad decisions, waste oh. risking mm. the lives of his men. On D-Day, the it was, it was a success, you know, one of the one of the great success of the war, except for the northernmost beach where most of the Canadians landed, and Hitler knew that 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 attack was coming on the north, so he was fucking ready. He was ready right there. Churchill knew that Hitler knew this, but didn't tell the Canadian forces and allowed them to just storm it and get killed because he, he even said like it was a it was a, a show of good faith to uh, the Russians to show like we're not going to give up on our side. You can't give up on your side, you know, even if something it was, happens and yeah. then Canadians just got slaughtered like Churchill set up back channels with all of his generals where it would be like, all right, the way it's supposed to go is, you know, Churchill tells this defense minister who then you know, delineates that to the appropriate generals or whatever. And Churchill set it up where it was like, nah, I'm not going through the defense minister. I'm going through this guy who's just adjacent to the general or the general himself. So I don't have to like, uh, you know, get checks and balances on stuff. And the more I learned, the more I was like, oh man, like this, this Churchill guy really was responsible for a lot of, a lot of Western deaths there. Yeah. The, um, the, the documentary really covers Churchill heavily. And they talk about that they basically give the victory of World War II to the Russians. And, and, and it really starts to make sense after you watch it for a while. The losses on the Russian side and the kills from the Russian side just are far and away higher than, than what the Allies did. Churchill was afraid to face the Germans directly for a very long time. He, he convinced Truman to, to go into North Africa. And they, they fucked around in North Africa and Italy for a very long time before they opened up the uh, the Eastern Front. Meanwhile, the Russians had been fighting them for months and months, if not years at that point. They'd lose half a million men in a battle. They'd lose uh, several million men in a season, you know? Like, like, and me, the U.S. lost like a quarter million people in the war, which is terrible, right? An incredible loss. The Russians, if they only <laughs> lost a quarter million in a battle, they'd be like, oh, 
that was a good battle. Dude, that was a good battle if there. You, if you learn your history like I do through, um, you know, sitcoms and movies and things like that, <laughs> then, <laughs> then uh, you would think America came in and won the war. Like, oh, you guys are having a hard time, huh? And, 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 and we go in like that dude who beat up the five Chinese women in that thing, right? To, to yeah. I Need a Hero. No. Uh, it turns out that our impact, well, probably pretty important. It, just looking at the numbers... Man, it the war of attrition happened over there on the eastern front. Yeah, Hitler fucked up yeah. by by I think it was called Operation Bar, uh, Barbarossa Barbara when he Rosa. invaded uh, 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 the Soviets. That's what cost him the whole war. What if and he retreated. He may have succeeded if that if that. Well, he did retreat. He was retreating for a long time after he got to after he got to the gates of Stalingrad, right? Like like and and he started getting pushed back. And then he had to retreat. So so the way I understand it, and I, I've just learned about this like relearned about it recently, some kind of fresh, is uh, Hitler's initial foray into there went great. You know, they yeah. just went mowing through the... the yeah. uh, I'll call it Russia. I was going to say Soviet Union. I don't know if it was that yet. But yeah. they went mowing yeah. through Russia and, uh, and just killed, you know, all these people. And they were doing fantastic, just super, super well. And then it got cold. The winter came, and that was a real challenge for them. Rather than retreat properly just like give up lots of land and be cool they stayed too long it was muddy it was hard to move their artillery they had tanks lots of heavy equipment got stuck where it was and they had to retreat without it and they went from this big wall like a really big good front to sort of bundled up in pockets where they could be denser yeah. and i just wonder like huh what if they had gone in there with a great attack and then gave up that and sort of retreated on their own terms instead of running they, away from their artillery they didn't need to invade it all it made no sense to invade them like, uh, like they, they know, had a non-aggression pact with stalin mm. and then they broke it you know they you, were you know why okay. he did it uh, uh they explained that in the documentary i don't, I don't was, quite because remember. uh hitler like at that point in the war or around there got diagnosed with like some sort of heart arrhythmia or something like that and it was like you only have a few years left like you're, you're you're not living that long regardless of what happens here and so he went just totally off the wall and invaded Russia there. Oh, that's and interesting. even though it was uh, the worst winter in Russia in like decades there, he still forged ahead. You know, who, who knows like meteorology if they actually knew that and could have predicted it. Like it seems like they could hardly get that shit right today. So back then I doubt they were predicting it. No, but, radar was, yeah, was he, a virgin technology. Some, uh, someone probably How about satellites? Me, was the satellite wrong, any good? Right. Um, no, it I was terrible. So. <laughs> I believe the Russians launched the first one and it wasn't for like yeah. 25 more years. Um, but but yeah, yeah documentary fascinating, just all around. Watch that documentary; you'll love it. Like 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 mm. it, they they get into the really nitty gritty political stuff of World War II. Like what they have all of these quotes from the leaders. FDR seemed like a really nice guy. Like like uh, like like his plans for everything seemed great. What did he serve? Four terms almost, like two years into his fourth or something. Um, they they go in, they go so nitty gritty with the political stuff that it's like. This was FDR's vice president. He was supposed to um, be Truman, but but all of this stuff happened at the Democratic National Convention, and he was ousted out. Like like even though he had like sixty percent of the public vote, FDR wanted him. The Democrats like finagled him out, put Truman in, and then Truman. Well, they've got all these quotes from Truman, and it, one, the one guy is like, "I never heard Truman refer to blacks as anything but niggers in hmm. private." He always said nigger. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question the guy was asked to give that response? Um, I don't now, about World War II, what was he saying about blacks in private? <laughs> it was relevant. It was relevant at the time because like, I, I, there was a quote from Truman, something like, the Lord made the white man out of dust, the nigger out of mud, and the Jap is just whatever was left over. <laughs> you know the Japs have a similarly racist thing that uh, that I've heard about the Japs. Oh my God, what did I just say? <laughs> what <laughs> so, year is this? Uh, <laughs> this is like old school. Um, they said that God was I was cooking people, and they 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 pulled out one, mm -hmm. and they said, ah, this this guy's overdone. So they threw him into Africa, and they pulled out another, and they said this one is undercooked, and they threw him into Europe, and they said this one is just right, and they kept him here in Asia. What kind of retarded person takes undercooked food out of the stove and goes into the garbage? Like, <laughs> that is you just true. keep cooking. Well, God's done sillier things in our religion, so mm. I'll, I'll take it. I like that. Um, they also explained that the emperor is like the head of the Shinto religion, and so putting him on trial, hanging him, 
doing like a Mussolini or a Hitler-esque thing to him would have been like the crucifixion of Christ to the Japanese people. Um, it's it's very good, and it's very long. They spend like an hour on each, not just each time period. Like World War II must have been like two or three hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. And, and they talk about the riots that were going, the, the strike. You always picture like our industrial uh, complex as being like everyone is like, win the war, win the war. But meanwhile, they, they show all the strikes that were happening uh, back here and all the strikes that had to be broken up and quotes from workers that, that are like, I'd rather see Hitler rule the world than work next to a nigger. You know, like, 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 like from all and kinds were, of stuff like There were like, like huge that. protests of people being like, leave Europe or Europe's problems are for Europe. Oh, yeah. And like, sure. fuck this. Fuck this. I don't want to get involved. Like, we just finished a war with Europe, it feels like. And now we're yeah. going to play again. Like, no, That's but why the FDR... ended up taking so much advantage of the UK in that situation. So, like, at the time, the UK still had, like, its empire, you know? Like, they had, like, an empire, India. a global empire that had taken Australia, centuries uh, to construct. Guinea. And basically, the UK was fresh out of fucking money. And so the US is like, hey, you know, just, just be in debt to us a little bit. It's all right. And so basically, they had to mortgage and sell off their entire empire over the course of World War II to to the U.S. That had lend lease. Uh, that, yeah, they had to basically be like like uh, remove all of their influence in all these places to to liquidate and save money. And then it's by the end of the war, the U.K. isn't even an empire anymore. Now it's just the U.K. Like they were they were it's so part of an empire. I mean, it's Britain and Northern Ireland. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know exactly what Wales is, but that's nearby. I'm sure. <laughs> It's close. <laughs> I don't know. I know that's where the Welsh live. <laughs> it's funny. The UK is very complicated for non-British people. It's like they, like, they made it over like, complicated. We, we've over got there. like yeah, yeah. So the UK is this. Britain is that. And then there's like another thing I forgot the name of that is there's, like a little of this and a little of that. And you, there's like a three-way Venn diagram to describe what this crap is. Four-way or something. Because then there'll be like this. I don't know. Oh, well, this is the Isle of Wight. They're their own people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this, over, this is where the Pirate Bay is. That's uh, that's all by itself. Sea land. Oh, or yeah. That, that's <laughs> which one of their groups hate the other groups. I know it, the, Brit, the English don't like the Scots. And they also, the English, don't like the Irish, or is it the Northern Irish they don't like? It's the Northern Irish, right? They're, 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 although, you know, that, that's all over. But the IRA, right, you know, they fought against the English. They bombed London, right? Like, like Kitty's always talking about, like, whenever that comes up, she's like, yeah, my dad's office was bombed. Like, the whole street was bombed. Yeah, they, they were, like, secessionists, essentially, right? Yes. Like, yeah, let, they us, wanted freedom let us build our own country, and England was like, you can go ahead and eat shit. We just uh, lost India. You're not going. India and Australia, yeah. Lost Australia. Well, they probably weren't too bummed about that. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting, all the little things in history that, like, uh, it's, it's kind of cliche, but looking through the chain of events after Franz Ferdinand was murdered to start World War One, mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing, too, because it was just so many little teeny things that happened that re- led to just global war or, you know, Everyone had these agreements with one another. It's like, oh, well, this happened. Well, we joined the war. Oh, you joined the war. Well, we joined the war. Oh, they're doing it. Well, we have to join. Like, like so many, so many agreements dro- drug so many countries in. But yeah, that that documentary is very, very good. I highly recommend it. I'm not even a quarter of the way through it at this point. I can't wait to get to George Bush. Did you say Netflix is what it's on? Yeah, yeah. I watched a much dumber Netflix special, uh, Lost in Space. Have you guys seen that? No, I, I know of it. I've seen the original and I've seen the movie. Uh, I have not seen uh, the new Netflix show. I didn't know about the movie. Uh, it's bad. I didn't really see the original. Like, I know of it. I'm sure I've heard that dumbass. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, I was just about to say. I'm sure I've heard that dumbass robot say that and stuff. Um, the new one is much better done. And I actually liked it. You know, like, I, I'm i not calling it the next Game of Thrones. That's not where we're coming off on this thing. And, and about two-thirds through... I realized just like, I don't know if it's lazy writing to squeeze more in, but my God, there's a calamity every 10 minutes on this show. Some sort of major life-threatening, like under the mud, under the ice, it's stuck in the sky, stuck in the space, stuck here, stuck there. You know, the, like, I, I need to launch a balloon that goes poorly. Like everything, these people are dragged off a cliff into exploding minefields all the time. 
And mm-hmm. it, it, like I, I, to me, it's like should there be should they be using this time on like character development or something? They're just it's a nonstop action paced like ride, and I'm like, man, like I, I think that I seems like more this. up your alley. Because usually you're like, ah, too much, too much of this character development. Get to the. I don't need your details. last name. Let's see you fight. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, but there is a balance to be struck here, and I just, my goodness, it was always like literally, it's an hour long show, and there seem to be like six catastrophes per show going on, and of course, all of them are solved with like science and bravery, like this combination of being willing to swim through tar. Or something, yeah. And uh, and knowing is it how like to... CSI, like CSI Miami or SVU or whatever, where there's just too many twists. Yeah. Where like within the first two minutes they'll be like, "We got him, we got the guy." It's like, "How could you have got me?" Here's footage of me at uh, <laughs> at Denny's that night, and they're like, "Ah, we've been bamboozled. We thought we had." And then that's like three minutes in, and then they'll twist you again and twist you again and twist you again until the point where it's like, "I don't even care who the rapist." Is. Except it's not plot twists. It's like you know, all right, this piece of planet in front of me is exploding. Better back up this jeep thing we're in at Mach one, and then and so you'd think that itself was a way to escape it, but no. Now the jeep thing's backed up into this other problem. Oh. Well, that situation just got worse, and and now you know, and, and uh, just was not it like The Martian. Like you saw The Martian, right? Yeah, like yeah. That. that was a good movie, oh. and I read the book. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I, I guess I, I think I read it before I saw it. Maybe I got it the other way around. But like even knowing what was coming and all the stuff he'd have to overcome, like it was frustrating to watch. We'd be like, "All right, I finally got my shit and potato patch <laughs> pretty under control. Uh, I'm running out of vitamins, but I'm keeping in high spirits. I'm distilling pee." outside and then like just a space moat of dust will like like punch through the wall and suddenly everything's getting sucked out and it's like oh i would have given up and just died on the on mars there's that happened in lost in space i was gonna say 30 times as if i was exaggerating maybe 40 (laughs) like it happened so much over these 10 episodes maybe 50 like this like like just when you think things are okay, we got another issue. Now the robot's misbehaving or something. It just, like, it never stops. I and, watched uh, the new Super Troopers movie. That was very funny. Okay. And I watched uh, The Quiet Place with John Krasinski, uh, where everybody has to be quiet. That. I saw or that. they'll get you. I, I thought was that good? was I was going to use was that good. to introduce Colin to horror movies, right? Because it's, it's like a PG-13 horror movie, and it seemed like it wasn't that... Uh, concentrated on like language but uh sure enough half the movie is just like written you know yeah there's a lot of sign language too yeah yeah it's, it, was, it wouldn't have been a good choice and it was way scarier oh and and colin doesn't do well with movies where the parents die he likes this very much and it, it creates <laughs> bad thoughts and i'm like i didn't realize his dad dies midway huh uh, or does he it was off screen right we just see jim i'm calling him jim from the office mm-hmm. obviously we just see Jim begin to do battle with the alien, and then we cut away. We don't know what happened. Maybe Jim was able to overpower that monster. I need to see it again. Uh, they clearly implied Jim dies. They totally implied oh. Jim dies. Yeah, oh, you know what? I think he dies. And they Spoiler just, alert. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but it was a PG-13 movie, so they probably just didn't want to show too much. Dude, they show so much in PG-13 now. Like, there are some hard PG-13 movies, but but I, hmm. I, I'm with you. You know, like... like uh, they, they don't show him dying. They just sort of imply it, which leads me to believe that he'll be back for the, the sequel. But They're making you, a sequel. So there's this, like, there's an alien. And just so you know, this is not like an original e. Star e. Trek alien oh. where, where, you know, Kirk might have a chance in a fist fisticuffs battle with it right no. like this lizard man and humans just happen to be roughly the same amount of strength or Mm-mm. or whatever no 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 this is <laughs> these things travel at i was gonna say mach one but literally like 70 miles an hour yeah. they're giant strong lizards with jaws as big as your upper body and it's a, it is a total mismatch these things would beat a, a tiger they munch people, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's like... It, it's a mismatch with a tiger. It's a mismatch with an elephant, right? These things are just badass. Well, it would go well for the elephant. Yeah. So here we have Jim with, like, a Leatherman knife or something <laughs> going to take on this alien. I think it's implied The kind of knife it. you could, like, accidentally sneak on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that oh, a yeah, bunch of times. Through. Yeah, what yeah. What are you going to do? Tighten them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, uh, I I like to believe that Jim's uh, gonna make it. I hope they bring him back in, in the in the sequel, and like they they show him like somehow like falling between some cracks and some boards, or like escaping ah, down into a hole or something. Walking Dead Glenn theory. He was under yeah, a dumpster yeah. for the last three episodes. I want that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I liked it though. I thought it was pretty good. Um, and uh, and I thought the kids were really good actors. That scene with the nail and the floorboards, like after it happened once. The rest of the sequence, I'm like, is no one going to mention the board? Is no one going to hammer that nail down flat? Like, there's like a nail sticking up, Taylor, like, and the steps that lead down to the basement. And you have to be quiet. These things steps. hear you yeah. from a mile away, like, like two miles away, maybe. It makes like, sense. If, if, you not, if you were to drop a, cla- a glass on the floor, it's scary because they might be on the way. And by they, I mean a dozen of these things from every direction. Can I throw in a little movie detail? Sure. Um, in the beginning of the movie, they're at a convenience store, like a general store, Quickie Mart type thing. And it's an apocalyptic world, so the whole thing is looted, except for the potato chips are all sitting there on the shelf because they're too noisy. I didn't yeah. notice it, but I saw it on Reddit. It was... Yeah, nobody's got scissors, apparently. Just, just come on, just cut them off and dump it, them out, right? But I thought it was funny, yeah. Are they crunchy to eat? Like, I don't know Ooh. how much noise we're talking about. I, you, know, you better leave them in your mouth for a minute and let them soften Taylor up would for... die of Cheez-It consumption in this apocalyptic world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel safe. like, is there a lot in this movie of people, like, you know, carrying around, like, those poppers or things? You, like, just throw it away from you and it psh- like yeah, pops, like little things like, like throw a rock over there. I feel like that would be really easy. Are they or like blind? have a remote uh, stereo they had the fireworks set up. Set up. They, they, they seem to be blind. They seem to operate only on sound. But they did have like this big firework display distraction. He's like He like sends his boy off to set off the fireworks to draw them away from the house so that he can get in and save the wife. Um, this the movie wa- sounds pretty realistic. Like it, I assume there are no women left. Uh, it's just a family. It's just this guy and his family ha- are like out in the middle of nowhere trying to like live by themselves, and it focuses just on his family. Ah, uh, I was making a joke about women not being able to shut the fuck up. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it, but I like the joke. Oh, my God. All the Jews and Italians. I haven't seen one in... <laughs> <laughs> Italians are fine. They talk with their hands. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they just learn to, you know... Fuck you. <laughs> uh, I watched Ready Player One and I fell asleep during that. I didn't care for that. I saw person. that. I actually liked it. Five out of ten. You know, I enjoyed the movie. It was a little fun, but it, you know, it was supposed to be. Yeah. Is this? Uh, you know, one of those movies where like it's somebody controlling a soldier's body with like an Xbox controller. They're in virtual reality. In a, okay. Yeah. So they're in they're in virtual reality, and the people who made this virtual reality world set up some Easter eggs. And if you get them, you get to like own the virtual reality company, which is, you know, very rich and very important and part of society and stuff like who that. Who made this decision? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you have a couple hardcore players going up against like big corporate uh, player. I don't know. What if COD did that? Yeah, right? <laughs> they just hired, like, Optic and FaZe and whoever else is good. Envy, I guess. Who wants 5% of Activision? You gotta find the Easter eggs. You gotta solve the zombie puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta solve the zombie I'll, I'll take that season pass. <laughs> uh, that'd be funny. That's not too different than the plot of the movie. And yeah. uh, there was one point that was kind of fun. Like, our main character sees another person racing next to him. And he's like, that's, do you remember the girl's name? Elena something or, yeah. I'm going to call her Elena. He's like, that's Elena. It has to be. I, I studied her every move. I watched all her Twitch streams. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little reference yeah, to Twitch and famous gamers. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can't remember. I think I watched another movie, but it's not coming to me. I am but watching yeah, I Last Chance You right now. Uh, if people don't know that. It's a documentary, and uh, it's 10 episodes per season. They're on season three. And basically, they take these football players who are known as bounce backs, right? So this will be like coming out of high school, a five-star quarterback, right? Uh, the, the, the best of the best. They, uh, they show their headlines, and it's like second to none. This was the number one guy, Malik something or other. And he goes to Florida State, right? One of the top schools in the in college football. And... Uh, uh, and he sucks. You know, he falls apart. Like, I think he didn't get the starting role. And then after that, he kind of fell off some more and had off-the-field problems. And now he lands his sophomore year in junior college. 
And there are a couple junior colleges that specialize in these bounce back players. You know, this the second chance university. That's what they call it. And uh, it's fun to watch these people because they're all amazing athletes. They're, 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 you know, $10 athletes with five cent heads. And uh, they just don't have their <laughs> shit together. They might be into drugs. They, they can't seem to study. They go to practice and they don't work very hard. They don't respect the coaches. They used to world-class coaches. And now they have these, like, junior college coaches who are trying to get them back on track. And it's fun to watch these guys. And, you know, they're in, like, a – oh, and by the way, a lot of them are – a lot of them are really ghetto. Right, they're just they're used to like an urban environment, and and got, and now they're in Kansas, so it's really like a fish out of water. Like, all right, dude, you know this is your last chance. This is last chance. You, uh, if you can thrive in in junior college, then maybe next year you get picked up by a D one school, and that's it's fun to watch them. Some thrive and some don't. Yeah, all right, that sounds interesting. It's it's up. That's that's one of the highest pressure things in our society, in our world, right? Like, there's the world of business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and politics and such. But it seems like you can make a mistake and you can bounce back from uh, so often in, the, in those arenas. But with, with athletics, you have such a, a short window of opportunity that, that you can make this mistake, whether it's something on the uh, off the field or something mental, or it could even be your classwork, right? Like, there's so many facets to, to like, getting that done right and not, not falling into any of the, the pitfalls that have taken so many great athletes. LeBron James is probably the best at, like, walking that tightrope. You know, he was offered, like, I'm, I'm roughly speaking, like, $9 million from, like, Reebok or something coming right out of high school. And he was like, nah, I'm going to hold out a couple years. I think I can do better than that. Like, two years later, it's $90 million from Nike. You know, it, it's like, well, it makes what sense. A, yeah. And, and a smart guy. Yeah, he's a the neat thing about LeBron player on earth. So LeBron came from a, a disadvantaged family and he walked from high school to the pros. Right. Even in high school, it's a young kid. I remember him in high school. I watched his games on television when he was a high school player and I'm a casual of fan. Right. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. so the fact that. I was watching this high school guy tells you the level of like fame and expectation and hype that was put on him at 16. And he has somehow navigated this whole thing without being a dirtbag, as far as I know, yeah. into like Jordan level fame and wealth. Now he's a Laker. Now he's a Laker. But he's. Ooh. He, <laughs> dude. It, That's so cool to me. I love the Lakers as an organization. I hmm. love these organizations. Why? Like, Like, I won't be fans of them because I get it. But. I have so much admiration for an org a sports organization who's like, fuck it, we got the money, we're an empire. Like like from the Yankees to the, I feel like the the, the Lakers are the Yankees of uh, of the NBA, and that occasionally they'll just be like, no, nah, we've got the money to spend, we're but just gonna buy a team. The NBA has the, the salary caps, recently. which makes them kind of neat, right? Like the Yankees can outspend other teams because baseball sure. doesn't have the kind of. I'm, I'm not on my depth, but I think baseball doesn't have the kind of caps that. Uh, basketball has in basketball you have to get like value for dollar in a way that that other sports don't hockey has that too yeah like so uh, the way it works is uh baseball has no cap so the yankees can just buy championships there's like no they used penalties to or anything way up high no no i don't believe there is in baseball someone out there will correct me there might be i don't know much about baseball basketball has a soft salary cap so they say, hey, the cap is right here, but if you want to spend over it, you just have to pay a penalty. And so teams like the Golden Knights or the Lakers or Cleveland Golden or Warriors. huge market teams, yeah, Golden Warriors, can like shut down other teams and are be like, all right, we're just, we're just State, buying them. the Warriors? Yeah, the Golden State Warriors. The okay. I'm just saying any, any of the of I'm the confused because Golden Knights are a hockey team and it makes me... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. The, the Golden State Warriors, like any of those big teams can can just pay way more because lots of people are going to watch them. Hockey has a hard salary cap. So like Toronto and Carolina both have the same max, even though if they got rid of that and had a soft salary cap, suddenly Toronto would be able to just buy every player in the league because, you know, it's a city the every size of Chicago that loves hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think every sport should have the hard salary cap to make it more more parity, especially in basketball, because that's already such a superstar-driven sport. Like, the fact that you could drop LeBron on any team in the whole league and they're instantly competitive now, it's like, like man, he's like a 
a cannon on your team. Like, and if you're the only one who can afford that cannon, and then add a couple more cannon, like you're, I you're think just a lot of it. People. This is just Woody talking. What the hell do I know? It has to do with like how much playing time a player gets, right? There's only five players on a basketball team on the court, right? Yeah. In hockey, like there's well, there's only five on the ice plus the goalie, but they all share ice time so much, you know, that they're actually the, shifting. Like LeBron's out there the whole goddamn game. Yeah, Le- LeBron is like fifty minutes on making it up. Yeah, you know, like, like he's does, out there yeah. the whole time. He's just like, I gotta pee, and they're like, if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh i just think that's why a single player in basketball can have such a huge impact on the team whereas in hockey like one player even the guy who gets the most ice time is still just a little piece of yeah. the team's ice time and, the, and having hitting in the sport definitely makes it easier to shut down star players like if you could take some oaf on the mm. new orleans pelicans and be like all right every time you see lebron out there you take him down like it wouldn't like he wouldn't be able to get as much. It'd be more entertaining if there was LeBron less hitting in hockey. Looking people in the world, so he'd probably throw some bombs at people. How would hockey change if there was less hitting? You know, I think players would be using their skates almost as well as their stick. I think there'd be all kinds of like behind the back, looking at your feet, skate work going on. I think more lacrosse stuff would happen. You know, where guys hold on the blade of their stick yeah. and do that. Like, uh, what was the movie with? Was it called Young Blood? With. Um, the guy from Parks and Rec is a hockey movie. I'm sure you've seen it, Taylor. Oh, even though it's old, uh, might have been you're, called Young Blood. It might be. I it, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about, though. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see hockey with any less hitting. Like, I'm fine uh, with it taking the trend to less fighting, because what? I'm getting a higher quality product of like faster, more slick scores. I like that. But like. It, I would never want hitting or fighting taken out all the way. Like, that would ruin the sport. You need hitting in hockey. I, I somehow want hitting. I want fighting, even more of it. And I also want more dipsy doodle fun stuff. I know you can't have all because some prevents you, you, the... You're just wanting to have your cake and eat it too and have someone else's cake. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the way I like my cake. <laughs> I like my cake, your cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, what's the point of having my cake if I don't eat it too? I don't want to see all the fun sports where people get demolished, you know, like hockey or football or rugby or what have you, getting taken down by this CTE thing. You know, everybody being worried about uh, mm. brain trauma and whatnot, which already I think like fewer kids are getting involved in, in little league football because parents are worried. Yeah. And eventually that'll trickle down to hockey. You know, it'll be a while because it's not even a fifth as popular. One of the... YouTube rabbit holes I've been going down lately is watching boxing and uh, and a lot of the greats and stuff. And whew, to see these old boxers talk, I I want to know what they talk like otherwise. Because sometimes they're old, right? They're over 65. And, you know, people who are over 65 talk weird. My father just, like, has more saliva, I think, than he yeah. did, you know, me growing up. Do you have shit in the corner of his mouth now? All the time? No, not all the time. Like he's not all that bad. <laughs> I just hear it. Some of the time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when he's eating. But uh, <laughs> I just hear it. Like, oh, look, like right, and that is that is a thing that I sometimes hear with old people. And he's never had CTE or anything. So I need to know what this seventy-year-old boxer would have sounded like if he was never hit in the head, you know. And and a lot of them weren't like eloquent in their day, right? So, but man, <laughs> they do sound a little punch drunk they're like they're not i don't think they were gonna be that bad if they never boxed no no it's 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 fucking serious our brains aren't meant for that repeated trauma like that mm-hmm. like, like it, it it's just over the course of one of these professional careers they're getting so many legit concussions and god knows how many just whacks on the head that any of us would be like oh god today you're not gonna believe it i got hit in the head so hard like that—that's a daily thing for them. I feel like I can't get the yeah. math anywhere close to accurate. But at one time, Joe Lozon was telling me about how many fights he's been in. Right? He's like, "All right, I've had like twenty-five UFC fights, and five more amateur fights will make that 30. The training camp for every one of those fights had a hundred fights leading into it. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's like, what am I? Three hundred and thirty fights so far. And he's—it yeah. it, it just started to be like wowzers. That 3, seems 000, like a lot. Three, oh, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, 3, yeah. Oh, you and your 
high school math. math. Yeah. <laughs> math is hard. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was just like a tremendous amount of fights. And it was like, wow, that is that is quite a bit. Yeah. So. yeah like they, the way that they do it now is like they always thought like, oh, OK, we'll make the equipment better. So instead of having this like, you know, silly leather cap that you wear in football, we're going to give you basically borderline armor. Mm-hmm. And we're going to put better armor on your shoulders. And we're going to make your quad armor better. And, you know, in hockey, yeah, you're going to take that shitty little leather thing off, put on this armor. And so now instead of people being like, all right, I want to hit him really hard, but I'm wearing this little leather cap. And so I need to gauge my hitting because I don't want to destroy myself, too. I got yeah. to tackle him tactfully, as silly as that sounds. Whereas now it's like, I'm just an indestructible juggernaut. And so you can just <laughs> launch yourself at people and just your armor. And so you're going to be fine for the most part when and you're just using your head like a javelin elbow pads are my favorite example of this i don't know what they're like right now but the original elbow pads like when i first started playing hockey were like sort of padded leather that went over your elbow and then they got a little better and they started being they looked just like the padded leather except there was a plastic shell on it right and then they got better still because it was a plastic shell with kind of a plastic spike you used for hitting people <laughs> Like, that's not even the shape of my elbow. <laughs> you just put a weapon on my elbow pad for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, this is how we play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Rhino horns on each elbow. That's that's descriptive. Yeah, you put yeah. rhino horns on each elbow. And then the goalie shit. Oh, my God. Like, wait a minute. Like, you weigh 165 pounds. Why do you wear 5X pads? <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. And they started changing that now. Yeah. So, like, like, for years now, every year... The NHL's like, scoring's not high enough. Make the goalies' pads smaller. And every year the goalies are like, this this is getting real shitty, guys. <laughs> like, this, this is already a tough job, and this sucks. Like, And now they've shrunk it again. And like, Did they? It's still oh, yeah, that trend. It should be so small. And, and in like recent so small. years, like, goalies have gotten way taller. So like Ben Bishop, who's like 6'8", they're like, all right, here's what you can wear, Ben. And he's like, all right, well, I guess I won't stop shots from my belly button down then, mm-hmm. you know, since there's nothing here. And, like, already they're complaining of injuries in the offseason. That's off how it season. should be, though. Fuck that. No. Like, like it should <laughs> be the same for care. everyone, though, right? Like, like, like if it, if it's your job every... to stop it, you have no idea how much that shit hurts. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it just it stings matter. in every the belly. You don't goalie, get injured. <laughs> every single goalie should have bare minimum padding like like, mm. like it should be so much easier to score in that game i'm picturing I, the the roller skate racing scene from malcolm in the middle right a nice little helmet yeah. and, a, and a latex suit <laughs> it, I, I mean protect him he should be protected don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not looking for him to what the hurt, latex is for but i i don't want them to have extra anything to help them stop the puck i want the i want more scoring is better in every single sport like 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 Baseball, you can make a, a sort of a argument that like, the, those those games where that are pitchers duels are, can be interesting in their own kind of way, but I, I don't want to see like like when a when a, when he stops the puck, it doesn't interest me. I don't go yeah, he stopped it. I'm just like I already stopped it. All right, well and now it's going back the other way. Uh, he stopped it too. Uh, it's going back the other way now. Oh, he stopped it too. It it, it, it brings me back to why I hate soccer yeah, so much. Goalie save percentages are like ninety five percent. That'd be a good like, one, but uh, not like yeah, usual. Like ninety-one. Okay, uh, so that might be a little high. It's too much. Makes yeah. That, yeah, goalies are getting too good, and they're just too big now. I'll tell you like, what, Taylor. I can work with you on this. We can give the goalies a little more padding, and we'll make the net bigger. I, I was gonna say yeah, the same thing. Yeah, the it's just the, the sports changed so much. Like back in the day, you know, they had those little pads, no, no mask. And weren't even allowed That's to go down to crazy. stop the puck, and but everybody was shooting with a wooden stick with a flat blade. And then in the '90s, they're like, "Hey, you know, we invented something else that shoots a lot faster. Yeah, it's composite. Yeah, give it a go." And so now it's like, "Oh, great! You know, now I'm not taking 95 mile an hour slap shots. Now I'm taking 105." What hey. was the transition like between wood and composite? Was were there rule changes, or were they just like, "Oh no, we got a new material now"? It was just for the most part like, all right, you can't have a curve this extreme. You can't have oh, the material. Like, oh, the material. They're like, no, you, you could do whatever you want with it. See, that's where they fucked up. See, baseball would never do that. There have been aluminum bats forever. Baseball mm-hmm. what, d- didn't go, oh, we've got aluminum now. Now we can hit the ball 800 fucking feet. I don't know how far a, a professional baseball player, like a real slugger, can hit a ball with an aluminum bat. 
but I know they hit them 500 feet sometimes with a wooden one. How interesting yeah. that that... So probably yeah. it's known because they use aluminum bats at other levels. College. But would... would how, how would that change the game? Obviously, records would be obliterated. I, I get that. But yeah. is your leadoff hitter suddenly capable of hitting dingers all the time? Like, it, is everyone? Is. Like, yeah, 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 right? Because right are. now, you've got... You can hit a ball you are. Kyle, no, we all are. That's where Dude. you're wrong. There's a, <laughs> I I'm can't saying, hit shit. Like, I like, have double vision. Strength, <laughs> like, strength-wise, uh-huh. like, an average man can, can hit one... Like, 300 feet, 350 feet with an aluminum bat isn't that challenging like like you can sit hmm. there all day and 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 just ding them off the fucking yeah. like green how monster would that change ball. the game right because even now like right. i watched moneyball a couple times and it's interesting because they really value getting on base above everything movie. else right mm-hmm. um when everybody's a home run hitter like it just changes the way it's managed in, in, the field in a, oh no don't change the field in the same way that you are not interested in watching goalies block shots, I'm not interested in watching shots dribble into the infield. <laughs> this is a home yeah. run derby we're going to have here in Woody's oh, a, world. A, a bit of umbrage I take with baseball that I don't like that every other sport seems to have figured out is like you don't show up you know, in uh, Dallas to play. If you're the Baltimore Ravens, you don't show up at the Dallas uh, Cowboys Stadium and be like, oh, shit, this field's only 75 yards total. So the game's going to be way different. In baseball, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Boston to play. So we're going to hit a lot of dingers. Or, oh, we're going here. Oh, I, mean, I love play the that. Rockets. We're probably not oh, going to. Oh, I love that. I it see the like charm it makes, in it. It seems like it, it, it's, it's charming, but it seems like it makes any kind of record for, like, home runs really skewed where it's like, exactly. I, don't know what, I don't know what the name. Well, but, no, they're playing half their games at home every season. Yeah, exactly. So if, if, if your games at home if are If I'm a home run state, hitter, I want – to go to some team where my home games are held in like a t-ball field, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. and I just hit dingers all night long. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. I, I didn't really consider that, especially if, but but I really like it. It's I find it very charming, as Woody said. Um, that that like, they're all different. You're like, oh, we're playing at this field today. This is a dome, you know, so the wind's not going to come into effect. Or are you playing another field? Oh, the wind's really coming out of right field. Yeah, it's going to be hard for these guys to get it out. High altitude, thin air, this thing's going to fly differently. Yeah, it's yeah. different everywhere. I, I, I really liked it. I, I remember watching Barry Bonds hit those dingers into the fucking bay. That was cool. Like, he's hitting them out of the park into the water. There's guys in kayaks out there fucking going for homers, you know? That, that was interesting. You don't see that anywhere else. It, you do that in Atlanta, it's bouncing down the street. <laughs> That's really? uh, just, just some more vandalism. Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> Who did it? Ah, Barry fucking did it again. He hit two. Got two cars. On Reddit, I saw this thing. It was like uh, in Toronto, someone asks, uh, you want to go out to eat tonight? No, it's too dangerous. The sand people come out at night, which I'm (laughs) pretty sure is a reference to some of the immigration issues they're having in Toronto. Oh, you're more than pretty sure. (laughs) I literally thought, I'm like, is this Dune? (laughs) I didn't Uh, even think it could be. And you're right about that, but I was mixed up. Did you see the shooting in Canada? No. Did yeah. you see the one in yeah, Florida? I, I almost want to say that for PKA, but it's the it's, Florida it's, one or the we can talk. We can say the Florida one. That well, the the, the yeah. Canadian We're flushed with you see the guy <laughs> in Canada. You see the guy draw the gun and shoot a person. Oh, really? In Florida, you do too. It. It's a good one. I don't. I'm surprised you haven't seen it yet. I, I didn't. I, I I haven't heard of it. What happened in Florida? Uh, I'll lay it out. So um, so here's what happens: a uh, black family parks in a handicap space at like a quickie mart and goes inside Mm -hmm. a white guy sees the car parked in a handicap space and starts really dressing down the people who are still sitting in it uh, giving them a hard time yelling at them for parking in a handicap spot so the black guy comes out of the quickie mart sees the white guy like aggressively arguing with the people in the car and shoves the white guy hard the white guy uh, falls to the ground, and uh, and by the, by the way, keep it's a it's a good shove. It's a good shove, and yeah. physically, the black guy uh, has every advantage over the white guy. They, I think a, the white guy's a little he's older. Like younger. Yeah, he, he's younger. The black guy is younger and stronger and bigger, and the white guy is kind of old and fat, and you know, his his best exercise is mowing the yard. So mm-hmm. uh, so the white guy is knocked to his ass. And from the seated position in the parking lot, pulls out his concealed carry. He's a legal concealed carry guy. And if you watch carefully, the black guy sees the gun and starts backing up. 
The white guy puts one in his chest. Um, the black guy walks into the quickie mart after getting shot in the chest and dies. Um, a lot of people... Is this really recent? Yeah, like this week, I'm going to say. Uh, it's either either it just happened this week or the trial just ended this week. One of those is true. Uh, so um, uh, there's a concealed carry group, and, and the police, who apparently followed the letter of the law, said, hey, this is what stand your ground is. This guy feared for his life and put a shot into him. And while you might second guess it, like I kind of just did, like, hey, the black guy blacked up the second uh, he pulled that gun out. He didn't have to shoot. It happened pretty quickly. He pulled the gun out and popped him. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he didn't have a lot of time to process it, and he was in an you know, aroused state of mind and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I might have used aroused incorrectly. Yeah, but it's like a fight or flight kind of yeah. thing. And it's like, well, I'm a big fat idiot who just got pushed down. I yeah, I'm a flight. big fat idiot who kind of started a fight, was about to lose it, pulled out this gun and won it. And uh, hey, the one side of it is, dude, you don't go shoving people to the ground. And another side is like, you know, this is nice. murder. All he did is push it. him over. Um, okay, now you don't you... push people. Yeah, you, you shouldn't <laughs> shove people, but you also shouldn't like start yelling at people in parking lots in public. Do you, do you have a link? You might Kyle? get shoved. Yeah, you, you, I'll tell you what. If you're in Florida. Or Georgia, I believe we also have a stand your ground law. Don't okay. don't, uh, don't shove people. All right, I'm not sharing this very well. Let me do better. Don't shove people. No, I, I don't. City where I, I think he, you know, he shouldn't have parked in the handicapped spot. You get what you get. He gets what he got. <laughs> I, I don't care if he's white, Asian, like, like like whatever. I don't care if it's a woman. Kyle's just really passionate about handicapped spots. I'm very. It's not that I'm passionate about the handicap spot itself. I'm passionate about what kind of douchebag you have to be to feel so entitled to park, to just ride right into that thing. Because, like, like there's I drive... There's other spots Kitty, open. There's other spots open. And, and like, like, I drive Kitty around, and she's got a handicap placard. And still, though, I'll just drive up to the door and park in a regular parking space. Because I'm, you know, that that's just... There might be someone who's actually really fucking handicapped and needs to use that space. I don't like that at all when people use those spaces. So, yeah, get what you got. So I'm showing it to people right now as best I can. Uh, if you're watching this, there's a circle on the car where he's kind of like berating the people for parking into a handicap spot. He's he's very passionate about handicap spots like Kyle. And, uh, oh, oh, before he does that, he kind of walks around and checks to make sure they don't have a handicap tag. He wants to be in the right. And then they just showed it. They kind of cut out. The amount, the length of time he spent yelling. Oh, and here's a scene I hadn't seen: the shot guy go in the quickie mart. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so the guy walked around the car, made sure there wasn't like a, a placard that that he didn't see at first. And once he was sure that they were parked there illegally, he starts berating the people in the car for some amount of time, accosting maybe. And yeah. um, uh, the guy sees him doing that to his friends and family in the car, shoves him hard. And then the guy who got shoved hard pulls out his gun and pops one in the chest. Perfect. Like a, a, a perfect, a perfect shot, I'm saying. Yeah. So uh, now watching this, that you were right to describe it as a, a healthy shove. I actually was going into it thinking it wouldn't be that hard of a shove. It like took the guy off his feet almost. Yeah, he's on but the ground. But then also you can like see as the guy's on the ground taking his gun out, the the black guy like his feet aren't angled towards the guy like i get he's probably scared on the ground or whatever but like i feel like from body language and of course hindsight 2020 but it doesn't seem like the guy's still a threat like it looks like his feet were pointed in in a direction like if i'm threatening woody my feet are pointed at him i'm like going to be approaching you i'm not angling my feet this way like i'm trying to you know edge out you know it doesn't like i mean, it didn't nothing about this looks like the black guy's still trying to continue the fight yeah, yeah. he's not but he, but that's not required Oh, I, I'm not getting the legal of it. I'm just saying that's what my view of this. Oh, yeah, that's doing the kind the of the right and wrong of it. Yeah, yeah he's the, not like all over this guy. The second the black guy's... So here, let's do an alternate universe scenario. The guy never pulls out a gun. I don't know what happens next. I mean, what I do think is clear, and, and Kyle and, and Taylor seem to agree, is that pulling out the gun could have ended this. Merely, uh, what is the word for it? Brandishing? brandishing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, merely brandishing the gun could have made the guy back off it would have ended all physicality like that's that that would have been the perfect scenario and i bet in hindsight the guy wishes that he didn't shoot right i doubt it 
he's my he's, my guess i'd is, love to get an interview with this fellow <laughs> my, my bet is there's a whole world of people pissed off at him he's probably oh, getting yeah. death his threats on his ruined. own it, it might have been expensive to defend himself i made that up but it seems like it could be um, charges right uh, do you not get an attorney i would hire an attorney um, um yeah, you yeah we, well, we would hire an attorney, but the average person is like, well, let's just see if they charge us with anything. It seems like I didn't do anything. I, I, I don't know. I, I agree with everything you guys have yeah. said. He, he definitely could have could have brandished it. He certainly and, got himself into a whole lot more attention and trouble than he would have if he just brandished it. It would have ended yeah. there. But no, uh, no he won a know. lifetime supply of Remington <laughs> ammo because he stood his ground. <laughs> well, Remington won't even last the rest of his life. They're nearly out of business, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, it, I, I bet he wishes he didn't have to. I bet he wishes he didn't shoot. And I think we all agree he didn't have to shoot. But we also agree that it happened so quickly. I don't know that I threw him under the bus for shooting. It's not so clear to me. Yeah, yeah I it's, think it's hard to know. I don't know how that process works, but it seems to me that like he gets knocked down and he's already made the decision defend yourself. And even though it takes two, literally 1.75 seconds to draw, aim, and shoot, like that that's that's not a ton of time. He's already made the decision. Yeah. Like like you know when the captain on Star Trek says fire, he'd already given his brain has already said fire once he's on the ground. You know it doesn't matter what the guy's body language is to him. He's just he's he's already yeah. in the firing process and defend myself process stand my ground process. I, I definitely agree with both of you though. The the, the 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 shovers the guy who got shot his body language suggests he's done. Uh, you as know, soon as he saw parts, the gun. Yeah, I will say. Just to say I used to say that if he didn't take that gun out, this might ha this could have ended with you know getting your head kicked in in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, I, you, you, there's so much speculation you don't know. I think we're all on board with brandishing was the right call. You know, because because fat white dad there, it wasn't going to go well from him for him. Yeah, he's like forty eight, I think, and the other okay. guy's twenty seven. Some twenty eight, oh, yeah. forty seven. So I don't know what you had. Twenty one year difference. Yeah, that that fight's not going any other way. Is that some? Uh, is that Virgil's you have there? Virgil's is it, is it a beer no, it's or is called that... Grolsch? Oh, okay, it's this no, weird no. beer. Yeah. Okay. It's not great. I thought it was root beer. <laughs> no, I was going to get a root beer, but root I decided beer. against it. I haven't had that in ages. Yeah, he's uh he's taking the locale beer option instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but um but yeah, anyway, it, it's a uh, this shooting is getting a lot of attention because it's taken the Florida stand your ground law and really shown what the extreme side of okay is. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I the when I first saw this video, the cop was kind of laying it out and I'm like, "Hey, this guy took a hard shove. He got out, he shot him." Um, and, and some aspects of stand your ground, I don't fully understand. Like it's on, like they have to prove that he wasn't standing his ground. Like typically you have to say, Hey, I feared for my life, serious injury or sexual assault. Like typically you have to sort of prove that you felt that they have to like prove you didn't, you know, like it's, it, they flip yeah. it and that's why he wasn't even charged. Like they're not even allowed to arrest this dude. And I like that law. I like it a lot. It's basically a don't be a fucking asshole law, right? It's like treat treat your fellow man like you'd want to be treated because he might have teeth. Don't assume that the guy that, that someone who's weaker than you that you think you can physically overthrow is just that because he might be packing heat. Treat everybody else the same as you would like to be treated. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely understand that. And that's why I like concealed carry in general. Like my my daughter doesn't like concealed carry, so we sometimes talk about this. And I'm like, so you don't like women. You like a world where guys can just walk around knowing that they can sort of safely overpower whoever they want. You know, as it is now, you don't know. Every 10th yeah. girl out there could kill you. So, you know, you sure you want to roll those dice? And it should be more than that. It, yeah. you, you, uh, in a world where women never have guns, ah, fuck it. Anything you want, you know? It, yeah, you just let Yeah, it. the concealed carrier statistics are just ridiculous. The, 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 the lack of... the they commit crimes at such a lower rate than everyone else. Lower than cops. Lower than cops. Mm -hmm. uh, co I, I, oh, I saw a really cool statistic the other day. Cops were responsible for like 12% of the homicides against males last year in the U.S. Or like maybe it was just gun-related. Gun, like 12% of the gun-related yeah. homicides were cops. 
Wow. Uh, and then if you take that number and then the suicides and you subtract it from those soy boy statistics I always see on <laughs> fucking Twitter, all of a sudden guns are goddamn safe as shit, right? <laughs> yeah. like, like, they don't even compare to like slow cooker injuries <laughs> and like bread knife. No, more people get in, get in trouble with their sleepwalking <laughs> than, than guns. Like, yeah, guns so are tricky. Uh, I can't think of another issue where it is as difficult to find reliable statistics. And that goes on yeah. both sides, by the way. Like if you if you get your yeah. gun statistics from like the NRA, then you know, shit. No we, member of the NRA has ever been an aggressor in a shooting. What funny stat, huh? Yeah, uh, <laughs> so odd. It's almost like it, it tends to be fucking scumbag criminals who do these things, uh, doesn't it? I, ah, odd. Ah. Almost like they use the gun like a tool. I, to get something bad done. But I just don't believe no member of the NRA has ever been the aggressor. Hell, no, it, it, a lot it, of... You can look it up. No. Well, those stats probably come from the NRA. I bet there are cops who are members of the NRA who kind of were aggressors, but kind of got It'd be easy to prove it. it the other way, though, right? Oh, uh, no, the cops don't count. And therein lies my point, where it's really hard to get great statistics on, on gun well, stuff. Well, cops every, aggressors, every, right? Both sides of gun debates... Are stacking the deck dishonestly. That's been my yeah. my opinion on this stuff. That's why it's good we got Donald J. Trump in office because he's going to put at least one more justice who is pro Second Amendment. They're not taking those guns away for at least another hundred years. That's my favorite kind oh, of Trump advocacy. If, yeah. if if I so my Facebook feed is filled with like uh, misinformation politically. Uh, yeah, I've, I've complained about this before. But if someone goes on there and says, you know what, I flip and love Donald Trump. We had a Vegas shooting, a couple school shootings. We got shootings all the time, and my gun rights haven't been touched. They would have if Democrats were in office. I look at that and say, yeah, that's pretty true. All right, you yep. know, that's what you like. That's what you got. Then. You should be happy with your vote. If you're a single-issue voter and that's gun rights, Donald Trump is your man. Oh, I saw a great fucking Reddit post the other day. It was um, they were they're they're giving Trump shit for something. I don't okay. recall exactly what, but one of the top comments was, "Here's where you can register to vote." And there was a you know it's like hyperlinked, uh, and I'm sure the the insinuation is like, "Here's where you can go to vote Donald Trump out of office." Sure. The replies are. Already did, baby. Registered for Republican. <laughs> like, 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 like 80% of the replies were that. Like, like there, was, uh, there was a funny thing. You know how 4chan fucks around, you know, poll yeah. making their fake memes. They made a really funny one. Like, you know, the ones like look professional. And it was like, get out and prepare for the blue wave this, uh, this <laughs> midterm season. Uh, vote with your phone. Text 40404 to Democrats and then the zip code of where you live to, to, to have your vote tallied. It, like, people were spreading that around, you know, trying to, like, fuck with people. Like, I guess I can vote on my phone now. Like, I, uh. I'm doing my part. <laughs> Don't worry when it says message not delivered. <laughs> I used to think that internet voting was a great idea, and then I was convinced otherwise. Now uh, we know it's not, right? Those Russians will have fucking Vladimir Putstoff as president That's next exactly year. Exactly. It. it is very That's difficult. Like what we have when all you the have, desensitized systems. When it takes twenty minutes to like fill out a paper ballot, like it's you don't get widespread vote vote fraud like that. And it's yeah. it's an issue. You have to be in person and go from places and there's only one place that expects you to be there. It 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 saves a lot of trouble. You know, if you take yeah. if you start putting that online, uh yeah, it'd, it'd be it like up. letting our voting machines have internet access. It's yeah. like, no, they need to not have internet access. They need to just be remote machines out there, which is what sure they, they are. They, they are. Some have internet access. Yeah, they have internet oh, access. that's not good. Yeah, I no, agree. Right? It, it got a lot of attention on Reddit recently. They're like, the, yeah. well, so what it is is the people, who man, the people who man the vote places don't have expertise. Like, they're just like volunteer grandparents and stuff. So they're like, yeah, you can like plug this into the wall. Then an expert will come in and make you know, like diagnose it for you. And uh, I can see how someone made that bad decision, but I still think it's a bad decision. Yeah, the optical scan devices uh, are often connected to the internet. I think that's the distinction that they make. And a lot of them don't print receipts. I don't get that. They should give you like, like you get a receipt of what it does, and then you you, you, you can check what you did against the one that went in the little paper basket. And if they ever need to retally the votes, they've got a paper basket full of ballots in there that they can look at. And you know, ATMs have figured this out. It seems pretty reliable. But instead, mm -hmm. they're just like no receipts. You just sort of put it in electric because I never thought about that. That yeah. seems you tempting to uh, to like fuck with. Yeah, yeah. You know? Or no, no. Wait, I did get a receipt uh, last time I voted. 
I didn't. Mine's old yeah, school though. It's it like out a of scantron. My scan Remember the uh, this this takes me back to fucking the Bush Gore election with the hanging chads yes. and all that crap. Man, that was a debacle. That was so weird to like when they you know they recounted that thing and I don't remember how long it took, but it felt like weeks. It felt the, like it took two weeks to figure out who the president was going to be. The butterfly ballot, like that was a yep. big thing. So I, I forget who it was. It, it, like, but like the Green Party votes that would have otherwise gone to Gore went to someone at a really odd rate. Like, you know, 6% of Florida voted for this fucknard that no one heard of because on the ballot, it kind of went diagonally to him mm -hmm. or something. It was, uh, it was an easy mistake because it was, well, it was in God. like a book that opened. I remember the pages at the time, shifted. like I wasn't old enough to care about politics or anything, mm -hmm. but I remember like <laughs> asking my parents because it confused me because like, they're like, all right, the elections today, you know, we're going to see who's president. And then like, for like days afterward, I was just in my little kid head, just like, so do we like just not have a president for now? Or is the old <laughs> guy still hanging out in there? Is it still Clinton hanging out, Dad? And he's like, I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> I was like, it was, and then eventually I was like, oh, Bush. And I, was like, and, I, and I was like, all right, back to Pokemon. Who cares? Never in my life it, has there been like a, any confusion about who should be president. Like there were two reasonable, like it was so close that like you, you didn't know who was right. Like who should get it? Mm -hmm. um, I voted mm -hmm. for Bush that election. Actually, I voted for W. Gore was so boring. Gore was, was so boring. Idiot. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was boring. And him and his like dumbass lockbox and like everyone mocked it. And <laughs> the then this was the box. thing that uh, like so Gore. Everyone called him wooden, right? Because going up there in his button-down shirts or whatever, and they're just like, this guy doesn't seem human. He's boring. He's wooden. So then he starts dressing like a lumberjack to all these different events <laughs> with like red and black flannels on, like different yeah. hats. Yeah, and I start respecting him even less for like <laughs> bowing to the pressure of like. Dude, a, when he walks up on George W. Though, like, like you always talk about that moment in the debate. Yeah. Oh, that's that's classic. I, of course, of course, fucking Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. There's like a dozen moments like that a night, right? You know, mm -hmm. he's he's literally got sexual accusers in the crowd like this guy don't, <laughs> this guy plays dirty but like back then it was like gore like walks up on bush right like like like, like gets playing tough guy yeah like like and, and bush is like hey there yeah bush <laughs> was sitting on his <laughs> <Hey> stool <there. laughs> and gore came up and kind of like chest and face tried to like big brother him or something and and yeah just hey there and he didn't seem intimidated he didn't like you know, he didn't stand up and go chest to chest. It just made Gore look dumb for trying I'm to play that game. My dad had this job, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a dynasty. I'm a, I'm <laughs> Except I did a Clinton impression, but otherwise it's close. Close. <laughs> uh, you want to call it a wrap? Yeah, I think so. Very good. PKN, uh, 205 maybe, I think. Yeah, standard yeah. ground. Hmm.